0: Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast presented by Huddle Basketball and Huddle Assist. Your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer. Today, we're going to feature four speakers from last week's Master Your Mindset Summit presented by MindView. Dr. Tim Elmore, David Nurse, myself, and the great Isaiah Thomas. I think you're really going to enjoy this special episode. So let's get started with Tim Elmore.
1: Hi, it's Tim Elmore, and I'm honored to be with you today for a few minutes. I want to talk to you about a single strategy for leading what we're calling the pandemic population. It's this demographic of kids that have grown up in this very strange season of history, the COVID-19 pandemic. Many of them will be marked by this. In fact, probably all of them will be marked. But the one thing for sure that we've discovered in our Discu- in our discussions and, 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 and qualitative research with Generation Z, is simply this. The narrative has changed for Generation Z, the youngest population that we're measuring today. These are the kids that have grown up in the 21st century and really effectively don't have any memory of the 20th century. So I want to talk specifically about how do we make trauma an advantage instead of a disadvantage. Did you know that recently the CDC? put out a report that said one in four young adults over the last month has contemplated suicide due to the COVID-19 pandemic. One in four, not one in a hundred, not one in a thousand, one in four. That's just, life was just not supposed to be that way. So this, this narrative, this change, I believe can be turned into an advantage. I wanna talk to about that. So um, this past uh, several months, I had lots of time to read and write, uh, but I read a book called The Power of Bad by John Turney. And he cites uh, uh, research in this book that was absolutely, it stopped me in my tracks. So this is the book, and here's basically what he talks about. He talks about PTSD. In fact, the idea emerged after World War I when soldiers came back from World War I, and we called it shell shock. You know, they were just triggered by anything that might happen that reminded them of the sounds and sights of World War I. It was very traumatic since that time we began to use the term ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder and there are a number of psychologists today that believe this generation of kids are going to have some levels of ptsd due to all of the setbacks that this this COVID 19 um, has has given them for instance think about it if you're a high school senior my gosh last year's prom got canceled uh you know graduation ceremonies weren't in person or at best they were postponed um, the job opportunity, the internship didn't, didn't pan out, it all went away. They're feeling like some of the rites of passages that they had have just evaporated. And so there's a bit of trauma wondering about, what's the future hold for me? So this book begins to talk about the power of bad. How can bad be turned to good? And I know you know that struggles can make you stronger, but I want to go into the research behind it and what you can do to guide that narrative for the kids. So the book talks about post-traumatic outcomes. PTSD is the one we've all heard about, okay? This is where people emerge from a traumatic experience, damaged, triggered, and even unhealthy. In fact, in some cases, they never recover. Returning from the Iraq war, or the Afghanistan war, or whatever, they just never, never get through it. But did you know that even though every one of us have heard of PTSD, only one in five people that have experienced PTSD um, or excuse me, that experienced trauma, have PTSD. Four out of five actually emerge from the trauma with PTG, or post-traumatic growth. Isn't that interesting? In fact, someone recently asked me that, how come we've heard about this if that's only 20% and this is 80%? Probably because bad news travels faster than good news. But let me talk to you now. After post-traumatic, uh, when post-traumatic growth happens, people emerge better, stronger, better perspective. In fact, here's the results. Um, Survivors who experience PTG after tragedy tend to experience increased appreciation of life, uh, deeper relationships with others. Isn't that cool? Uh, New perspectives and priorities. And then finally, greater personal strength. They came out stronger, not weaker, having gone through it. it. So um, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about a paragraph in this book, and then I want to apply it on how we can do this with this next generation. So there's a lot of copy on this next slide. I want to get you psyched up for that. But I want you to follow with me as I read it together with you. So John Turney says, The growth doesn't come from the trauma, but from the way a person responds to it. These people suppress their negativity bias with an array of defenses that are available to anyone. They choose to become kinder, stronger, and more mindful of their joys in life. Something we all want for our kids, right? While a negative experience triggers stronger immediate emotional reaction than a positive experience, get this, negative emotions actually fade faster than positive ones do in most people. So even though you feel the negative experience really bad, it goes away faster if something happens. Keep reading. Repeated experiments with people who've undergone negative experiences prove this. They come into the lab and describe how they feel about recent events. And then later return to recall those same traumatic events but by then their feelings have diminished especially among those who've uh, repeatedly discussed the bad experience with others that's key the ones who've discussed the bad experience with others keep reading since the initial threat is over they're prone to recognize positive recovery has taken place In short, the more you talk about your problems, the more perspective you can gain to ease your anxieties. This is why we often feel they're therapeutic. Now listen, you can't both whine about this, but if they're able to talk it through and you're the guide, not the God, but the guide, and you guide them into great conclusions, we can actually see today's kids come through this with a stronger, stronger perspective than they had going into it. We can guide the narrative of Generation Z and carry them through this pandemic. So let me talk very quickly about one application and I'll be done. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. Author Jim Collins ended up getting to interview Admiral James Stockdale, who was the highest ranking officer to be a POW, a prisoner of war, in the Vietnam War. It was an atrocious experience for seven straight years. Did you catch that? Not seven months of pandemic, seven years of torture, beating, starvation. Um, isolation. But when Admiral Stockdale came out, and he did come out alive, Collins interviewed him and said, what helped you get through it? He said it was two things. He said, I was never afraid to confront the brutal facts of the reality in front of me that day, but I also never lost hope that I would one day prevail and get out. Now, did you hear that two, two-pronged approach? I was able to confront the brutal facts of the reality I was in. I didn't say, this is awesome. It was hard, but I never lost hope that we would make it. Now, Jim Collins at that point said, man, that's powerful. Who didn't make it out of the camps? And that's when Stockdale surprised him. He said, oh, that's easy. It was the optimist. Collins said, wait, I thought you just said you were optimistic. He said, no, no, no. There's a big difference between optimism and hope. He said the optimist would say things like, well, by Thanksgiving, we'll all be out. And then, of course, you know, Thanksgiving came and left and they were still there or by Christmas, or by Easter, we'll all be out. They weren't out. Stockdale said there's a big difference between saying, we don't know when we're going to get out, but we're going to confront this, we're going to be strong, and one day we will prevail. So Admiral Jim Stockdale learned the difference between optimism and hope. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end with a discipline to confront the brutal facts of your current reality. May you guide the next generation to be people of hope. If you'd like to go deeper, this was just one strategy. Uh, we release it, recently released a book that I'm very, very proud of and excited uh, about called The Pandemic Population. There are seven other strategies we put in this book. I talked to great depression kids and others that made it through tough times. So if you want to get a copy of this Pandemic Population book, you can go to PandemicPopulation.com and order a copy for yourself, or you can get a bunch of them for your friends and the teachers around you. Um, we're hoping it's a helpful tool. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Tim. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content resources through their blog and PlayBank which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. You're going to really... Recognize and appreciate our next guest, David Nurse has been on our podcast, but the video that he did was something that we wanted to make sure that you heard. Remember, D- David Nurse is an MBA life optimization coach, special special guy, high energy, really going to enjoy. Him.
2: Hey, David Nurse here. Hey, I want to talk to you about pivoting crisis for opportunity. Now pivoting is a term used in basketball when you're defended by all the defenders and you can't see the basket or see any any teammates and you make a slight turn, a slight movement, not a big change, not a drastic change, but a just slight pivot that opens up your entire perspective. And that's what we're going through right now during this time. A lot of us feel stuck, stuck in the situation we're in, stuck in this coronavirus time, stuck in homeschooling your kids and being the ultimate teacher are just stuck in your life in general, whether we're in this time or not. And the key is figuring out how to make that pivot. And it reminds me of my story of how I wanted to be an NBA player. I literally poured every ounce I had into playing in the NBA. Now, I grew up in the middle of nowhere cornfields. Iowa, I'm 6'2 and I've never dunked a basketball, so my parents probably should have said, hey David, play tennis or golf or something like that. But they were really supportive and I just poured every ounce I had into playing in the NBA. I worked my butt off to get to play college and then playing professionally overseas and it sounds cool to say playing professionally overseas, but really it was more like the Will Ferrell semi-pro joke of a league and I get cut from that league. So not only are all my hopes and dreams and goals, everything I've poured into my life, no backup plan whatsoever, taken away but it's turned upside down and my face is rubbed in the dirt i get cut from the second division team in the northern basque region of spain who was more interested in drinking beers at halftime so i come back and i'm living on my parents recliner chair in kansas city and i'm feeling bad for myself i'm licking my wounds just just kind of just i'm stuck i'm stuck and my mom would always say these motivational and inspirational quotes but usually it was whatever mom in one ear out the other ear and she said this one when she was doing dishes one time that really stuck with me She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. It caught me off guard. I always thought it was one door, one door. But I realized that everything that I had put into playing in the NBA, this detailed film study, this extra two a days, all of this had not been for me to play in the NBA, but for me to be able to help others, to teach others, to coach others of how to play in the NBA. So I made it my life mission right there. I was going to be the best shooting coach in the nba i custom made these basketballs sent over from china to the oakland seaport drove 29 hours in my car picked them up put them in my car and i drove for the next five years i lived out of my car sleeping in well-lit walmart parking lots and doing a basketball camp for anybody seventh grade teams whoever i could teach to shoot now i'm traveling all over the world and it's five years fast forward five years and i'm i'm doing a camp in australia and i wake up in the morning to an email that says, Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. I thought it was spam, but I checked it out and the next week I am the Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. So here I was, I made it in the NBA. It's amazing. Like this was my life dream. It was, it was all coming true. Now we went from 28th to second in three point percentage of the time I was there. So I was this hot up and coming 27 year old shooting coach. The world was gonna be mine. I'd be in the NBA for so long. And then the head coach, I brought a new one in, and when that happens in NBA teams, the whole staff's out. So boom, door shut again, slammed in my face. I'm gone, no more offers from any other teams. NBA, see you later. But I made that pivot, four doors open. I came out to Los Angeles, worked with players individually that I had been developing relationships with, that I had developed my craft in, became a speaker, wrote a book, met my amazing, amazing wife, and now I live overlooking the ocean. One door closes, open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. Now I know a lot of us are thinking oh yeah that sounds cool but you know what we can all do this. We all have a gift inside of us a God-given gift and ability to use. We are our biggest defenders. We are the ones what I call the Pat Beverly virus right now or the Pat Beverly mindset of we're defending ourselves. We're already taking ourselves out of the game before we step on the floor and we have to realize that we can come out better than we went in during this time. You can take these just surviving situations and just pivot that term to thriving. So anything that happens to you is not just happening to you but it's happening through you so that you can pour into other. These these struggles, these pains, these difficult times, you should look at them and be like, yes, bring that on because it's only gonna make you better. There's, they say failure is, is a way to, to learn and grow. I say it's the only way to learn and grow. So difficult times. And I like to uh, make the analogy of a palm trees. I'm out here in LA and I love palm trees. And now palm, the palm tree is the only tree that when it goes through a storm, goes through a hurricane, a, a, a really massive storm, it grows deeper roots. It doesn't break, it bends, but doesn't break. And it comes out even stronger, growing deeper roots. We can all be that palm tree going through this time. So no matter what situation you are in, you are just one small pivot away from achieving Taking the steps to achieve your goals. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. I like to tell a story about that. Like for me, it was five years to become a shooting coach, and then another ten years, and 10, ten years to become an overnight success is one of my favorite quotes. But for my uncle, who's the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, it took him 27 years to become an overnight success. They won the NBA championship in his first year as a head coach, and everybody looked at us like, oh, you know, lightning struck in a bottle, he got lucky. No. He's been coaching for 27 years in countries you don't even know play basketball, taping people's ankles, popping popcorn at halftime, doing everything, and he lived in that moment of, he was an NBA champion, a head coach every step of the way. He thought that of himself, he spoke that into existence, he lived in that, and then 27 years later, he, after he prepared for his opportunity to come every single day, it happened, and they won the NBA title in his first year, but all because he prepared for the opportunity He lived in that moment of who he was. He continued to just embrace any difficult situation as a growing and learning process. And 27 years later, he became an NBA champion head coach. So it's going to take time. Every day is a preparation for an opportunity to come. It will come. You don't know when it's going to come. It's going to come on God's timing, the best timing. But you take those one percent steps daily. To get there day after day after day. It's what I call relentless consistency. How do you show up every day? Relentlessly consistent, addicted to learning and growing. And don't worry if you fall off. Don't worry if you go two, three days and you just don't feel it. You're going to fall off. There's no straight line to success. It's always curvy up and down and going, but you will get there. You will get there. Remember, this is a time we can come out so much better than we went in like for me personally now i'm dominating zoom when we get back in real in real life give talks in person and in zoom it came out better than i went in we can come out loving our our siblings loving our kids loving our spouses more building genuine true relationships during this time be that person that reaches out and encourages others i send three text messages or video messages a day just encouraging someone who i haven't talked to for a while and like the responses I've got from that have just been just life-changing to some people. Be that person. Be that person to use these hands, give virtual high fives. Every room you enter, say the word serve so you're living in the service mentality. Use these hands as your tool, wipe away the mirror. Go stand by your mirror right now. It's a foggy mirror of self-doubt. Wipe away that mirror wipe away that foggy that self-doubt and live in the true self-awareness confidence of who you were made to be know that you have an amazing gift inside of you to share don't pat beverly defend it in you don't think that this is going to define you this time that we're in right now we can absolutely pivot this crisis for a greater opportunity to come thank you very much
0: Thanks, David. We'll be right back after this timeout. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You Podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others, and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program... To the next level, look no further than Doctor Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Doctor Dish for up to fifteen hundred dollars off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Doctor Dish a follow at Doctor Dish Bball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. I'm now going to talk to you about what I feel is something very important, and that's a growth mindset, especially during this pandemic. I think you're going to enjoy some of the keys that we give you during this time. So enjoy, sit back, and listen. Hi, this is Coach Brendan Sir. I'm the president and founder of Coaching You. Many of you know me as a former coach in the NBA, where I had the pleasure and honor of coaching the best team in the world, back-to-back world champs, Detroit Pistons, also known as the bad boys. Also, I was on the staff of the Dream Team, 1992 Olympic team that won the gold medal, first time NBA players ever played in the Olympics. But I'm here to talk to you today about how you can get better, especially during this incredible time that we're in right now. One of my purposes and goals is during this session is to try to take you from good to great. And I really don't care what you do in life. I don't care if whatever business that you're in, that's what the purpose of this is. My job also is to stimulate your thinking. Take one or two things from me, add it to your game plan, add it to what you're doing in life, and hopefully you'll walk away better. Now, there's two types of mindsets. There's a fixed mindset, and a fixed mindset is basically whatever you know in life, in business, that's all. And you don't want to, and you don't care, have any interest in learning anymore. We think that is a very narrow approach because if you really want to be great and really want to become the best version of yourself, it's all about having a growth mindset. And a growth mindset is one that's a continual learner. I tell all the guys that I've coached, On my teams, I wish I was coaching you now because I'm so much better a coach than I was then because now I've learned so much more. One of the things that you have to do as a continual learner is open up your mind to say, even though I might be at the top of my game, at top of my field, I might be a very high sales earner. I might be, you know, someone that's won a lot of games. Whatever you're doing in life and you're really good at it, the great John Wooden, the coach John Wooden at UCLA who won 11 championships in 12 years had a great saying which I have over my desk and I look at every morning. It's what you learn after you think you know it all that's gonna make you a better teacher, parent, nurse, doctor, whatever it is. And, and I think that's it. So what, it's whatever you learn after you think you know it all, that's where we're at today. We're in a growth mindset of continual learning. And that's my challenge to you today. I'm a coach by background. And I've never coached basketball. I've only coached people. And, you know, I've learned along the way that I've learned way more from my players than they ever learned from me. But what is a coach? If you're a parent, you better be a coach. If you're a teacher in school, you better be a coach. If you're running a business, you have to have coaching skills. A coach is someone that takes people where they can't take themselves. So if you're the best at what you do in the world, you need a coach. Everyone needs a coach. And that's where we're going to come from today. So one of the things that I talk about, and also I want you to know, is that there's what I think are five really important keys to being a good coach. Number one, relationships. You can't coach anyone unless you have good relationships with them. Number two, you have to develop trust. They have to be able to trust you and you trust them. It's a two way street. Thirdly, communication. If you can't listen as well as speak, then you're gonna struggle. Communication is so important and belief. People do not buy into what you're teaching them unless they believe in you. And the last one is the word respect. Respect is one of those great timeless words that if you don't respect me and I don't respect you, nothing can happen. So those are the five things that we have to have if you're going to coach, parent, teach, etc. Now, I always ask my players, and that's at sport-specific players, business people that I coach, two questions. Number one, are you coachable? You know, in all the years that I've been doing this, not one person has ever told me they're not coachable. Number two, I asked them, can I be truthful with you? And of course they say, absolutely, be truthful. Now they've given me permission to coach them. And I found this to be an incredible way to break down that barrier so that they don't all of a sudden feel you're criticizing them as opposed to coaching them. I make a verbal contract with everyone that I work with about can I coach you and can I be truthful with you? So now what comes down to this time that we're in right now. The reason that you're here, the reason that everyone has signed up for this incredible summit is that we all wanna get better. We all wanna learn. Selfishly, when we put this together, everyone that you're gonna hear speak over these two weeks that we've personally vetted and said, selfishly, I wanna hear that person because I can learn from them. That's always been my criteria. I want to learn from great people. But I'm going to give you some what I call pandemic coaching tips. Right now, our world is full of remote work, Zoom meetings. So I'm going to give you some things that I think, no matter what type of work you're doing, these are really important for you. Number one, whatever you do, you must love, serve, and care the people, care for the people that you work with and for. And you say, well, you know, I don't... No, it's important. People can understand. They'll see if you know not. Anyone, even though I might be the coach or, or run a company, I serve the people I work with. I love the people I work with and I care about them. The second thing is shout praise and whisper criticism. Why would I do that? Well, I found out over the years, no matter, you know, some of the greatest players that I've worked with in the world, people love to get praise loudly But no one likes to be criticized and embarrassed in front of people. So I shout my praise and I whisper my criticism one-on-one to them. And I find it to be most effective. The other thing is, we talked about buy-in. Buy-in is so important, no matter what business you're in. But buy-in only occurs when the people you work with or the children that you parent believe in you. Believe in what you're teaching them. So buy-in equals comes from believing. You know, I found out years ago that coaching is like flying an airplane. (laughs) No matter who you are, no matter what team you're in, you know, right now we're in the NBA finals. If you're the Lakers, there's going to be turbulence during the season, but your job as the coach is to land the plane safely. It's no different as a parent running a business. Make believe you're flying a plane. There's going to be turbulence on that flight, but your job is to land the plane safely. That means that the job isn't done till we get everyone on the ground safely. We talk a lot about process. What is process? Process comes from preparation, comes from practice, and it comes from execution. So everyone wants to achieve goals, but the goal is going through the process of that. So develop a process for anything that you're doing. I also would talk about, I love right now we're in football season, pro and college football. And I love that with you, know, I watch the players, they get in a huddle, 11 players in a huddle. And what I love about 11 players in a huddle is you have people, you have black, white, Muslim, any religion, Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, they're in that huddle. And you know what? The diversity and everything, you have someone and they go out and they try to execute in only six seconds a play. And the play is gonna work or not work. Then they regroup, they get in that huddle again. So you as a team, no matter what your team is made up of, you have to have great inclusion. You have to have one heartbeat. You have to together go out and execute together. It's not about the quarterback. It's not about the guy running the ball. It's about every person on that team doing their job. We have a saying is everyone to do your job. I think it's so important. You know, everyone's going to make mistakes. And how you handle mistakes right now is so important. We use a, a phrase called next play. When you make a mistake, don't beat the person up that's making the mistake. Correct them in a good way, a positive way, but get them to understand, move to the next play. Because if you stay focused on that mistake, you're really going to struggle. And and then one of the last things I wanted to talk about is Meetings. Right now, we are at, I think I've done 300 Zoom meetings since the pandemic has started. Okay, most of them last from 40 minutes to an hour and a half. But you know what? How many meetings do you have? Some companies are doing one a week. You know what? If, you're, if your kids are in school, they're going every day to Zoom meetings in school. No different, that's a meeting. But in the NBA, what we had, believe it or not, in the course of a season was 2,600 meetings. The difference in our meetings, they lasted 20 seconds to 100 seconds. We conducted a meeting. During that time, I had to possibly substitute, put new people in the game. I had to motivate. I had to develop new strategy. I had to encourage, inspire. All that in 20 to 100 seconds. So it's important now during this pandemic that the communication you have with your team, that now... The biggest thing is that you take the one, two, or three people on your team and do individual meetings. It's not about having a half hour meeting with someone. You can do so much by telling that person in a minute or two minutes, something that will stick with them. The best things I've ever had to me in life have happened over someone making a comment to me that maybe was 30 seconds and it's been life changing. So I encourage you to do that. And lastly, The thing that I really want to emphasize to you, the greatest gift that you can give to your children, to people you work with during this time, is to believe in them. So I think those are some pandemic coaching tips for you to go forward with. But again, remember, it's a growth mindset. Be open to learning. That's how you get better. I congratulate you on joining Our summit this year, Master Your Mindset Summit, it's incredible. You're a learner, and hopefully, this is going to become the best year ever for you. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddlecom slash assist. That's hud slash assist to learn more. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is c-m-c-q-u-i-n-n at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. One of my all-time favorites as a player, as a person, the great Isaiah Thomas is one of the smartest people I've ever coached, one of the best players I've ever had, but more importantly, just a brilliant friend and business person. I think you're really going to enjoy what he thinks are really some important things, first in basketball, in learning, and then in life. The Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas.
3: What does it take to be a champion? My name is Isaiah Thomas, and I'm from the west side of Chicago. And I also won championships in high school, college, uh, Pan Am Games. Um, The Olympics were boycotted in 1980. um, So received a Participants gold medal there, and also won back-to-back championships with the Detroit Pistons. Um, won in the classroom, uh, graduated from high school college, also got a master's from UC, California at Berkeley uh, in education. So when you ask what does it take to be a champion, uh, I was always taught that in order to be a champion, it takes incredible discipline, incredible sacrifice dedication, commitment, and also you have to be a good student. And the reason why I list, listed my educational uh, background is because this is where a student comes in, and this is where it transfers into the playing field. Uh, because you have to be coachable. And when you talk about being coachable, you got to have good mentors, you got to have good teachers, and you got to have people who know what they're talking about. Uh, But you also have to be a good student. Uh, So when I list my my coaches, my Hall of Fame coaches, uh, John McClendon, uh, who I was first introduced to uh, the sport uh, from a membership standpoint, John McClendon is in the Hall of Fame. My high school coach, Mr. Gene Pingator, is in the Hall of Fame. My college coach, Coach Bob Knight, is in the Hall of Fame. And my pro coach, Chuck Daly is in the Hall of Fame, and I made it to the Hall of Fame. So as you can see, I was blessed with a lot of great teachers and a lot of great mentors who gave me a lot of knowledge. Now, how do you apply that knowledge? And how do you learn and also apply? Well, you gotta be able to listen first. And if you're not able to listen and apply, then chances are you won't become a champion. So the coaching tree Uh, that I just talked about Uh, when you when you look at all of their different philosophies my high school coach and my college coach had similar philosophies Uh, John B. McClendon his philosophy actually came from James Naismith John McClendon was a student of Naismith and McClendon's philosophy who believed in fast break basketball he was the inventor of fast break basketball uh, which we credit uh, Mike D'Antoni to with right now in terms of seven seconds or less. That actually came from John B. McClendon, and that also came from Nate Smith in terms of the way they thought about the game, the way they wanted to play the game, and the way they thought the game should be played—not uh, necessarily pattern basketball. Uh, my high school coach did not believe in pattern basketball. He believed in critical thinking. You can think your way through the game. My college coach did not believe in pattern basketball. Uh, He believed in critical thinking, thinking your way to the game. And what do I mean by pattern basketball? Pattern basketball is when you basically categorize or put players in a different box with different skill sets. So you have a point guard or a one. You have a shooting guard who's a two. You have a small forward who's a three. You have a power forward who's a four, and you have a center who's a five. So those categories also pigeonhole you into certain boxes and styles of play. This is what the point guard did. This is what the shooting guard did. This is what the small forward did. So when you talk about pattern basketball, uh, my high school coach and my college coach and John B. McClendon always thought that it was easy to defend against pattern basketball. My pro coach, Chuck Daly, actually believed in pattern basketball. But this was the difference between Chuck Daly. He also gave me the ability to also use my creativity, my artistry, and also be able to be a free and critical thinker throughout the course of the game. So while we were relegated to a pattern, there was also creativity allowed for me to kind of I guess he would say, uh, make it up. Uh, believe it or not, I, I never had a, a lot of play calls for me. Uh, I played basically off of what I saw was opening or what I saw that the defense was giving us. And I took a lot of trust for Coach Daly to give me the the, the reins and the freedom to do that uh, because it went against everything that he probably believed in a way – a certain pattern should be run. Now, that that gets back to okay communication, uh, master teacher student relationship, uh, coach player relationship. All these things that I'm talking about helps you become a champion. Uh, you know, of course, you have to have uh, incredible work ethic in terms of being in proper shape. You can not be a champion if you're not in the great physical, if you're not in great physical condition. You can't be a champion if you're, if you're not eating right, uh, if you're not training right. Now, there are some in all sport who have been blessed and gifted with what we call uh, the, the genetic uh, freaks or the genetic genes in terms of height or, or being able to maybe... Uh, you know, jump, uh, you know, 45 or 48 inches. But for those of us who did not receive the genetic gift or the genetic gene, we always had to depend on our intellect, our coaches, our teachers, our game planning. Can we strategically game plan to outthink the opponent? Uh, Can you strategically game plan to take away the physical gifts of the opponent's genetic gifts that he may come to the game with in terms of size, in terms of jumping ability. And we were very successful doing that. And so when you talk about what, what it takes to be a champion, again, the concentration level that you must have, the the mental intellect and understanding that you must have for your craft and the the ability to apply it, uh, not only apply it, but to apply it when it's needed, to apply it at that certain critical moment in time. And if it doesn't work, then can you go to creativity? Can you go to artistry? Can you go to a next level of ingenuity to get the job done? Those are some of the things that, in my experience, uh, has made me a champion. But you never get to be a champion alone. It always takes great teammates, It always takes great coaching, and it always takes a disciplined game plan that you must adhere to and follow. Now, those are some of the things that work for me in sport. Now, how does that work for you in in business, and how does that work for me in business, and how does that work in your personal life? Well, when we talk about discipline, when we talk about sacrifice, when we talk about dedication, when we talk about mentors, when we talk about teachers, coaches, we're really talking about your parents, your grandparents, your uncles, uh, a- anyone in your family structure that you have learned from and have taken lessons from. Those are your coaches. And, and how do you apply the knowledge that you've learned since birth uh, into your personal self? What, what is your personal vision for yourself? Who do you want to be? And not only who do you want to be, but the values of who you are as a person. The four values that I live by that I always apply to myself are commitment, trust, honesty, and sacrifice. Those are my four values that I always put into myself that I try to apply not only to my personal life, but also to my business life. And how, how does that work in business? Well, the honesty and trust uh, that you want from your customer, that you want from your employee, they also want the same thing from you in return. So as a CEO, if you are honest and you are trustworthy, your employees and the people that you work with on a daily basis, they will commit to you and then they will make sacrifices for you because they have trust and they have belief in your honesty. Now, that doesn't mean you're not gonna make a mistake. You're going to make mistakes, and even your game plan may be wrong at some times. But through your honesty and your trust, that allows for mistakes to to happen, but it also allows for mistakes to be corrected because no one thinks that you're trying to intentionally, keyword intentionally, do anything to hurt them or harm them. Now, if you lose trust and you lose honesty, then that person, he or she, will look at you and not feel comfortable with whatever game plan you're putting forth. So your personal self has to be injected into not only your company and your business, but everything that you do. So when I look at the businesses that I own, the companies that I run, I always inject my personal beliefs into this this strategy. And if they don't meet, you know, honesty, trust, commitment and sacrifice, then, then this is not a good game plan for me. And if it's not a good game plan for myself to put my values in, then it's a difficult game plan for the company to execute. So that's business and that's personal, but it also applies to sport. The other thing in sport that I learned is that, again, you never have success by yourself. You never have success alone. It takes a team. It's always about teamwork. And you're gonna always be working with people from different races, from different religions, from different beliefs, from different backgrounds, and different cultures. How do you bring everybody together? How do you commit to one goal and how do you go out and execute it? But finding lanes where everyone can be fulfilled in the lane that they are running in, that they're operating in, and that they're having success in. So I'll go back to our Detroit Pistons team, which is, our, you know, we're nicknamed bad boys, and uh, we're known for winning back-to-back championships with the Detroit Pistons. The thing that I'm most proud of with the Detroit Pistons While I was, you know, labeled the leader, when you look at our championship team, and I want you to think about this our championship team, you know, and you identify not only with our starting five, but you know, and you identify with our ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth man on the team. You know their names, you know who they are. And you know what they did. So when we talk about winning as a team and succeeding or excelling in your lane, uh, you know that that is you know I, I can't. When you think of NBA championship teams, you'll know the first three or four players on the team that will come to mind. You know, whether it be Chicago, L.A., Boston, but when you think of the Detroit Pistons. You know our 8th, ninth, 10th man, and not only do you know them, but you also know what they do and what they did in their roles. That is extremely unique when you're talking about championship teams. And for us and all the businesses that I run, um, that's what we try to do is make sure that everyone can have success in his and her lane. But you also got to be able to interject your personal beliefs and your personal values into that team, into that company, but they also got to be more that the things that you believe in, also. So, again, thank you for your time and uh, good luck to you.
0: Thanks, Isaiah. Special, special week. Great learning for you. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir.